Welcome to the Sunday Service Podcast of First Universalist Church, a Unitarian Universalist congregation located in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are a radically welcoming and progressive faith community deeply committed to love, justice, spiritual growth, and living out our values in the world. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. Good morning! Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, what an amazing. Good morning. What a fabulous group of dear ones we have here today. We're all here for Youth Sunday, one of my favorite, favorite Sundays of the church year. So welcome, everybody. It's so good to be with you today. I'm Julika, the Director of Liberation and Transformation Ministries here at First Universalist, and we're really glad that you're with us, whether you're here live on Sunday, streaming, or if you're watching this later on YouTube. That's great. Before we get started with our worship, I have three reminders, and they're all connected to the liberal. The liberal is your friend because it has links, and links are good, and in the liberal you will find information about our summer and fall plans and our upcoming worship at the Bandshell on June 13th. And you will also find a link to the registration for religious education, which is already open, religious education in the fall, in person, yay. And then finally, very importantly, um, you will find a link and all of the information that you need for the annual church meeting, which is in two weeks on Sunday, June 6th, from 1130 to 1, following our 10 a.m. worship. This year, our church business includes approval of the annual budget, the election of members of the Board of Trustees, the Foundation Board, and the Nominating Committee, a proposed racial justice resolution, which I hope you've already heard about, and you can find more information in the Order of Service and the Liberal. If you haven't, please go find it. A proposal to amend our bylaws to institutionalize youth participation on the board, which has been really successful this past church year. And of course, we're going to say goodbye to our beloved Reverend Justin Schroeder. Because this meeting is virtual, it's really important that you register in advance Please go to the Liberal and find your links. Please register. Please come to the meeting, please. Those are your announcements for today. And now I would like to invite us to gather in, to take a couple of moments to arrive into our bodies, into our space. Maybe notice a couple of things around us that draw our attention, a smell, a sight, a sound that helps us arrive. Let's take some smooth breaths. One more. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Hello, everyone. This story is about a young kid named John Lewis, who grew up to be a grown-up named John Lewis, who was a very important and influential leader in the civil rights movement, and who wrote a book called Walking with the Wind, which includes this story of the very same title. Now, on one particular afternoon, John was one of about 15 children outside their Aunt Sneva's house, playing in her dirt yard. However, 
All of a sudden, the sky began clouding over. The wind started picking up. Lightning flashed in our distance. And all of a sudden, John wasn't thinking about playing anymore. He was terrified. Aunt Suniva was the only adult around, and as the sky blackened and the wind grew stronger, she herded all the kids inside. Her house was not the biggest place around, and it seemed even smaller with so many children squeezed inside. Small and surprisingly quiet. All of the shouting and laughter that had been going on outside earlier had stopped. The wind was howling now, and the house was starting to shake. Everyone was scared. Even Aunt Sneva was scared. And then it got worse. Now the house was beginning to sway. The wood plank flooring beneath them began to bend. And then a corner of the room started lifting up. John couldn't believe what he was seeing. No one could. The storm was actually pulling the house towards the sky with everyone inside it. That was when Aunt Suniva told everyone to clasp hands. Line up and hold hands, she said, and they did as they were told. Then she had them walk as a group towards the corner of the room that was rising. From the kitchen to the front of the house they walked, the wind screaming outside, sheets of rain gushing down. Then they walked back in the other direction as another end of the house began to lift. And so it went back and forth, 15 children walking with the wind, holding that trembling house down with the weight of their small bodies. More than half a century has passed since that day, and over those many years, our society has not been unlike the children in that house, rocked again and again by the winds of one storm or another, the walls around us seeming at times as if they might fly apart. But the people of conscience never left the house. They never ran away. They stayed, they came together, and they did the best they could, clasping hands and moving toward the corner of the house that was weakest. And then another corner would lift, and they would go there. And eventually, inevitably, the storm would settle and the house would still stand. They knew another storm would come and they would have to do it all over again. And they did. And we still do. All of us. You and I. Oh, uh -huh.
And now, friends, I want to invite us all into a time of prayer. We go to this collective well to invoke love, to name our struggles, to name our joys, and we do it every time we gather. It is so good that we hold each other in community and that we make everything more bearable and more joyous because we are sharing it with each other. I invite you to come into your body, and breathe, wiggle, do what you need to do to arrive into your body. I sometimes like to imagine that my toes and my feet are growing roots, that I am becoming like a tree, deeply connected into the ground. I invite you to do that thing that helps you arrive into this body, into this moment. Spirit of life and love, we are grateful for this time together. Be with us today. Fill us with your energy and help us connect to each other. Dios de la justicia and God of mercy, acompáñanos. I call on the ancestors and the great cloud of witnesses as we celebrate and recognize the transitions of our youth and the many thresholds that we are all experiencing these days as we wait for the youngest among us to get vaccinated and we look forward to returning to in-person gatherings every time a little bit closer. Give us more patience, spirit, be with us and give us the ability to notice the small good things in our days. Be with us in our struggles, especially those of us who are going through a rough time right now. Help us remember that we are not alone. We are not alone and it is good and right to reach out for help when we need it. And give us courage also to meet thresholds with grace and confidence. Be with us spirit in this time of prayer. And I want to open up the space now for your voices in the chat so that you can share how it is with your souls. Please share how it is with your spirit. What would you like us to hold with you? What would you like to celebrate? For the things shared and the things held quietly in our hearts, holding it all, together we pray. May the grip of addiction be loosened. May the weight of oppression be lightened. May grief be shared. May joy break through. And may love make every suffering bearable for us all. Spirit of life, come unto me. Sing in my heart. All the stirrings of compassion blow in the wind, rise in the sea, move in the hand, giving life the shape of justice, roots hold me close, wings set me free. Spirit of life, come to me, come to me.
On this Youth Sunday, we mark thresholds, ones that occur every year and ones that occur throughout our lives. We are at a threshold as a church community, especially as we look towards the fall and the possibility of being together once again. Threshold moments invite us to pause, to notice, to remember, and to dream. They ask us to look back as we move through change and look forward to the future. In preparation for this homily, I've been thinking about what this past year has been like for me and my family. As I'm reading you my reflection, I would love for you to ponder these questions with me. What is the relationship that has mattered to you during this pandemic? How can we show up for each other? Do our values match the way we live our lives and treat each other, even when no one else is looking? Home is where everything begins. That's something my mom has always said to me and my brother. Until last year, I actually thought I understood what she meant. In fact, I thought I understood it so well that I kind of found it annoying when so many of our conversations seemed to end up with her saying that, especially if she said it to me when I talked about how much I wanted to change the world. For as long as I can remember, I've always loved joining clubs and groups. And if there's a cause I believe in, sign me up. I'll bake the cookies. I'll tape the posters to the lockers. And if I'm elected group leader, I'll plan the heck out of every aspect of it. The truth is, I'm good at this stuff. I'm very passionate about many things, especially education policy and the health benefits of martial arts, my two latest passion projects. That's always been me. But if I'm really telling you the truth, that, that's always been the outside me. The lived all be I've been in the outside world. But then there was this other me, the kid who had first entered school with an undiagnosed learning disability, dyslexia to be exact. Since no one at my first school believed I had a learning disability, I quietly struggled, hoping that other kids wouldn't figure out just how much extra time and how many extra steps it took me just to decode the words off the page. To make matters worse, during my first grade year, I was relentlessly bullied by a group of girls in my classroom to the point that the school principal got involved and moved me into a safer classroom in the middle of the school year. That's part of my life I'm still trying to work through. Over time, I was more confused than confident. At school, I was often sad and increasingly lonely. And at home, I was, and this is very difficult for me to say, but at home, I was angry and jealous of my little brother, who seemed to be getting all the help and attention you could imagine for all of his challenges. All siblings have the occasional argument. But that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, I was always angry, and that anger was starting to take over. To the outside world, I was still live the go-getter. I wanted to be a modern-day hero. But at home, I was becoming the jealous big sister. The whole time, there was always my mom reminding me that if I really wanted to make the world a better place, a more kind and just place, I had to start by being kind at home. I had to see the beauty of my little brother by truly seeing and valuing the beauty in myself. But doing that, when deep down inside, I was struggling just to prop up my self-esteem at school, well, that seemed impossible. I was impatient with my brother and worse, I was dismissive of him, and I tried to justify how cold I was by pointing out that my brother annoyed me, but, ne but it never worked. My mom would just tell me that being annoying is a biological imperative of all little brothers, and that there is a world of difference between being annoying and being mean. But still, 
I took his annoying behaviors as acts of war, and I entered most of our interactions armed for battle. Home is where everything begins. Like I said, I thought I understood what that meant until the pandemic hit. At first, I gotta admit, I loved going to school online, get up in the morning and go to school in my pajamas, turn off my camera if I felt like it. COVID also forced me to operate every single aspect of my life from inside my home, go to school at home, go to karate at home, and all my clubs, even my first big crush that only just started a month before the shutdown. Well, all those flirtations got moved to screen time only. And just a few months later, I got dumped. Turns out, first love over Zoom is awful. My family all rallied around me as I cried my way through that breakup. That first night, my brother stood in my bedroom door and asked if he could bring ice cream to my bed because he was pretty sure ice cream would help. And every day he'd ask me how I was feeling and what he could do for me. My world started to shift after that. My armor started falling away making it so much easier for my true self to shine through again. Being home for these 14 months has slowed down and created this time and this space to dig deep into who I am. And yeah, it brought me face to face with who I am at home, but it also made me ask questions that were humbling but healing. That heroic, compassionate, world-changing self I was representing and presenting to the outside world, how real is any of it if I'm seeking the approval of others while taking the love of my own family for granted. But here I am today, after one year, two months, and six days of truly being home in every sense. My friendships have grown closer, more authentic, and I'm so much less concerned with trying to impress people. My relationship with my family has grown so much. And most of all, I've been learning about what an amazing person my brother is without feeling threatened by him. So yes, Home is where everything begins. Today, as I think about returning to a part of my normal life before the pandemic, I'm really excited and proud of the person I've been. But also, I'm coming out of this pandemic with more clarity on who I am now and what I can become. We're all coming back as a church community to our second home. What will the future gathering at church look like? Not only are we rebuilding our church physically, we have all changed in some ways. Exploring and reflecting on these changes can help each of us become the person we aspire to be. As a church, we are becoming bigger and more inclusive, opening our doors to communities around us. What will next fall look like within the church walls once we can light the chalice in person again? Some of us will come back to the church in hope of kindling our faith. Some might come so that they can feel like they're a part of this community again. But whatever way we meet or come together again, Home is where everything begins. To help us think about how we can come home again in the fall, I want to leave you with these powerful words by Mahmoud Darish. As you prepare your breakfast, think of others. Do not forget the pigeon's food. As you conduct your wars, think of others. Do not forget those who seek peace. As you pay your water bill, think of others, those who nursed by clouds. As you return home, to your home, think of others. Do not forget the people of the camps. As you sleep and count the stars, think of others, those who have nowhere to sleep. As you express yourself in a medical metaphor, think of others, those who have lost the right to speak. As you think of others far away, think of yourself, 
only I was a candle in the dark. Thank you. We are living neath the great big dipper. We are washed by the very same rain. We are swimming in the stream together. Some in power and some in pain. We can't worship this ground we walk on. Cherishing the beans that we live beside. Loving spirits will live forever. We're all swimming to the other side. I am alone and I am searching, hungering for answers in my time. I am balanced at the brink of wisdom. I'm impatient to receive a sign. I move forward with my senses open. Good morning. My name is Lindsay Thomas, and it has been my great privilege to be one of the advisors for this group for many years. Oh, my precious seniors, can you believe that I've known many of you since you were two or three years old? Consider all that we have been through together, being the first group of fifth graders to experience our whole lives, our fabulous trip to Boston, and so many wonderful Sundays and special occasions over the years. Bridging is a UU ritual in which we mark our graduating seniors' transition into young adulthood. We have great anticipation for how you will shape and steward our religious tradition through the years to come. But in this moment, we pause to acknowledge your contributions to our community through your years in religious education at First Universalist. Seniors, some of you were among our first little class of chalice lighters. We've celebrated many milestones with you, from child dedication to first grade rainbow path graduation to ninth grade coming of age. As teens, you've taken care of our young ones and taught religious education classes You've planned youth cons and stayed up way too late at church overnights. You've traveled to Boston and Nicaragua. You've served as worship associates. You've challenged us to address white supremacy culture, to become more accessible, to ensure each person's gender is respected by accurate pronouns. You've reached beyond these walls and found ways to fight injustices in the world. You've cared for each other in countless ways, and you are truly an inspiration to this entire congregation. And for me personally, you have provided so many rich and joyous opportunities to enhance my UU beliefs, my connection to this church community, and to get to know all of you and your families. I have learned so much from you, and I am grateful 
beyond words. We love you so very much. This is a time of transition for our Bridging Seniors families as well. And parents and caregivers, we're here for you as your youth take flight. Let in the joy, let in the grief that lives side by side in this moment. It takes a village to raise a child, but really all of us need a village. All of us need a village. And parents and families, we want you to know the village is with you in this tender time as your youth take flight. So now we will take a few minutes to witness how our bridgers have changed and who they've become and perhaps to reflect on our own journeys through the years. Seniors, as we witness your growth, we are keenly aware of how much we treasure you. And that continues to be true now that you are young adults. It's a great big world out there. May this community always be a home for you. Friends, each one of our graduating seniors received a pillow before service today. Normally, in a regular year, this is a project done by a half dozen volunteers. This year, Carolyn Liebler and Judith Gritner were determined to make sure that you would not miss out on this beautiful gift, even though the sewing circles couldn't gather. So they sat in their living rooms and kitchens, stitching the rainbow strips of fabric together. They sat with needle and thread and embroidered flame. At every step in the process, they added love. Graduates, these pillows are the embodiment of our love for you and a reminder that you are guided by the principles of this faith, this faith that loves you so much, this congregation that loves you so much. You are held by this community wherever you go. When you're feeling lost in life or lonely or joyful or troubled or nostalgic, you can give this pillow a huge squeeze, hug it, and we'll be hugging you back. May this pillow be a touchstone to keep you strong and tender, compassionate and brave, wandering and reverent in the days to come. You are not alone. And we love you so, so much. Thank you, Emma. And thank you for your ministry with the youth. I really appreciate you too. What a wonderful ceremony and what a wonderful time together, friends. Let us just soak it in. Let us know that all of us are connected and blessed in this community. And the way that we extend our love to our seniors is also extended to us in all of our thresholds and transitions. And blessings to you, beloved youth. Thank you for creating the wonderful community that you help us create every Sunday. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
Thanks for listening to this podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We're a faith community committed to racial justice, and together we give, receive, and grow in the universalist spirit of love and hope. To learn more about who we are and our ministry, please visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.